What's up, folks? This one, uh, this particular podcast is uh, based around the conversation of being the anomaly, as my coach uh, Marjorie Chapman uh, gave me the moniker or the label. Uh, when I was having a call with her one time, just sharing some of the different things I've experienced and the different things I've been growing through in this process called life. And uh, the thought that's right there for me, because I, you know, couldn't sleep again, unfortunately. I'm up reading this business manual. Uh, shout out to the brother Dahoudi, my Adra, big brother almighty for his wealth of knowledge and uh, sharing that business manual with me that normally goes for about $300. He just gave it to me just on the strength of our rapport, I guess, or just, you know, wanting to be a contribution to me because, um, you know, we've, we, the times we've talked, we've always had a good rapport and, and he has the success that I'm after, you know, so what can I say? A part of what causes me to have the issues with sleep is the fact that, um, I think I shared this in a prior podcast, you know, when I started to learn about business and, you know, what it means to be an entrepreneur, to do your own thing, I just got obsessed, you know, and I didn't do well in school. So I started learning via YouTube, documentaries, books, podcasts, uh, I mean, like obsessed with just knowledge, you know, and doing what I can to program it into my subconscious to where that becomes my reality. Um, as the hoodie would say, uh, or as he says, a repetition of, message, of a message constitutes mental programming, right? So there's that. And then, you know, I know about the power of the subconscious mind. Uh, thanks to a good friend of mine, good friend of mine, Chris, Christopher Williams. And because um, I went to a like a unity church growing up, you know, which is more logical, more practical in terms of its approach to Christ and the message of Christ. It was really the Christ more so than Christ, the Christ as in a consciousness, the Christ consciousness. Right. So that's more the approach the unity has towards that kind of stuff. So they were already you know, making available in terms of their books and literature about subconscious programming to create the reality that you want and all of that. And um, at the time, I really was not there. I just wasn't. Uh, but when I met Chris, I started to learn more and read more books about that kind of stuff. So, um, so you know, when I started to learn different things about business and how businesses are access to freedom entrepreneurship is our access to freedom. It takes something um, because you got to risk more. But as the saying goes, no, no risk, no reward. And um, it just kind of, kind of ties into, in a sense, this, this podcast, you know, and at the same time, maybe this is a digression um, in terms of the talk about all the stuff that got me on the path to learning more. Um, but it's because of the path to learning more 
that it's made it difficult for me to wind down. And as a result, difficult to sleep because I feel like I've been, I've had the experience that I've missed out on a lot in life because, well, I did. You know, in high school, I was pretty much like a hermit when I was in high school, largely because of cystic acne. My skin would break out pretty bad, not all the time, but when it was there, if I had a big bump on my face, I was so fucking self-conscious. I, I would like, my ninth grade in high school, golly, I skipped so much school, it's not even funny. Um, I think I remember seeing something on my report card in the ninth grade about how I had missed like 27 days of school or some shit. But I was so emotionally fucked up because my skin was breaking out that I didn't want to be seen. So I would just, I would, I would hang, I would, I would pretend like I was walking out the door in the morning to go to school. But I would like, man, I'm having a flashback like a big dog. Wow. <laughs> I literally would go to the front door and pretend like I was going to school, and then I would close the door, and then I would creep back into my room and hide in the closet. Fucking A, this is unreal. I'm just having this flashback as I'm sharing this. And I would wait in there until it was time for me to come home from school. I don't know how the fuck I did that without having to go to the bathroom. And my dad was almost always home. He was upstairs. And my dad is psychic, so he knew I was there. I think he felt bad for me because my skin was breaking out. And all of the shit that I was trying, none of it worked. I tried fucking... What was that one? Uh, I think it was a fucking uh, antibiotic, amoxicillin. I did tetracycline. I briefly did Accutane. Um... And it's another pharmaceutical they give you for skin. And none of that shit worked. I mean, it always makes me think about Bob Proctor, the late Bob Proctor, the motivational speaker saying how he felt like dermatology is the best form of medicine to go into because everything they give you never works and they tell you keep coming back for more. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and it's funny because now... It's almost like in the past in terms of the issues with my skin. I mean, you can still see scarring, you know, on my skin from like when I would have the cystic acne. I might have to relabel this uh, podcast now that I think about it. And maybe not. Um, But the main point is, is that, oh, just to finish that thought, I would go to the dermatologist, I would schedule like these last minute emergency fucking appointments so I wouldn't have to miss more school. And then uh, they would sometimes be able to fit me in. And then as I later came to find out, they would take a needle and inject it in the bump. And it's like, it was steroid in the solution as one of the uh, dermatologists later told me, which I didn't know. But it will basically bring it to a head and it would bring all of the pus to the surface to just so they could drain it. And then if it didn't do that, I didn't have enough fucking self-esteem at the time to realize that when this dude pulled out a damn scalpel to put it into the bump and then lance it, basically it leaves a fucking scar. 
You know what I'm saying? And let's be real about it. Our face is the first thing another person sees. And if our face is fucked up, you know, most of us have our self-esteem kind of go in the tank. And that definitely happened to me because the year before that, that was like the ninth grade, the year before that, uh, in the eighth grade, I had transferred to Region 5 or Halley Middle School. And the fucking first day I got into class, all of the women were saying like, not all of them, but most of them were like, he can sit with me, he can sit with me. I was like, damn. Because <laughs> I'm like, what happened? Because when I was at, uh, was that post, post middle school? The one girl that I really liked, and her last name was Jackson. I'll never forget that name was Cheryl Jackson. And she used to love the Dallas Cowboys. That was another reason I was in love with her. And she was pretty hot, too. Uh, but she just, I don't think she paid much attention to me at all, as did most of the women at that school. None of them really paid attention to me. So I transferred to Region 5. In the middle of the school year, I'm, I'm not exactly sure why my parents had to ask my mom, why did they transfer me to Region 5? But it was the best move that could have ever happened. <laughs> it, was like, it was like going from being the perpetual loser to being like the dude, like a fucking G, you know what I'm saying? And... um. So I get to Region 5, and I have that experience. And I mean, I literally had one of my classmates say this to me who ended up going to Mumford High School, where I went years later, or I guess that next year. John Crew, I never will forget that cat. I wonder whatever happened to him. Because my, my mom knew his mom and dad because they went to school together at Central State University in Wilberforce, Ohio. And uh, John, we were sitting in the damn gym one day, sitting in the in the bleachers, in gym class, and there was one of the girls that liked me at the time. I think her name was Shelly, and she was real fucking like seductive and sultry and and just like, you know, she she knew some shit about how to please a man. You could tell, and I mean, we were only in the ninth grade, but you just she just had an energy and a presence about her. And um, John's sitting there, one, we're sitting there in the bleachers, and Shelly's sitting a few few bleachers down. And John just blurts out one day, he's like, man, we was in the eighth grade. Women used to be on this nigga's dick. That's, that's, that's literally what he said. I never will forget it. Because it was not just Shelly sitting around, but it was, also, it was also some other folks in the gym class. And... Uh, and I was like, yo, he was right, though. He was right. And, and what was so bugged out about it is that in the ninth grade, I had my art class. I forget what that cat's name was. But he used to drive, my art teacher used to drive a Toyota Celica. And I used to stand there at that damn bus stop in Detroit trying to catch that bus to take me down to Mumford. Because that first year in the ninth grade, I didn't start school until 10. Let me see, when was it? I didn't start school until 10 a.m. And I didn't leave until 3.10. 
That's how they used to do it. So you got out at either 110, 210, or 310. Man, I'm having like a total fucking recall as I'm <laughs> as I'm doing this podcast. A serious like flashback on my life and the processes of my life. And to think I now live in California. Who fucking I mean, like, who knew? I, I never, ever would have thought I'd be living in California. Anyway. Okay, so ninth grade. Skin starts breaking out. I don't have to be to school until 10, 10 a.m. Almost everybody else is already there. Most people report at 8, 10 or 9, 10. I get there at 10, 10. That's a whole nother story in and of itself. Because when I used to have to leave school late, it was because my last class was from 2, 10 to 3, 10. And that was math comp. It wasn't even fucking pre-algebra. I was that bad at math. And uh, my teacher was Egyptian. I never will forget that dude. I don't remember his name. But, uh, man, life is a trip. Life is a fucking trip. So, okay, my skin starts breaking out. I'm missing school left and right. And, um, And none of that stuff they gave me worked. You know what I mean? And and that's a large part of what led me down this path to being the health and wellness person that most people know me as. You know, most people in my family know me as the health and wellness person. They know me, um, you know, for knowing different things about how to heal and what to eat and, you know, what to avoid and things like that. And it was largely because all of those issues I had with cystic acne to where I didn't go anywhere you know, even like after high school when my skin would still break out. And there's the other part. When I got to the ninth grade, a lot of those same women went to that, that loved me in the eighth grade. A lot of those same women were in the ninth grade with me at Mumford. And when my skin started to break out, they would fucking avoid me like the the plague. Like if I, if I spoke to them, it was like, almost like, why are you speaking to me? You know, you're ugly. You know what I'm saying? You got something on your face. Go fix that. You know what I'm saying? Women just, they can be cold as hell, you know? They know how they are. And then some will be, you know, compassionate or whatever. But the most of that, what I got was like, excuse me? Why are you looking at me? Why are you talking to me? And um, it was wild. It was fucking wild. And just to realize, just it was like a trauma you know, I can kind of joke and laugh about it now, but it still triggers me, though. That should have a, a, like an emotional, psychological scar or wound, you know. I remember I went to see my friend uh, Kellyanne out here. I went down to L.A. Um, to grab some stuff shortly after I moved out here. And I had a breakout because I was stressing. I was stressing big time about moving out here and, you know, sleeping. And I, I didn't even have room to sleep in. I was sleeping in a little side room until I could find a place to stay. And the transition was not going really that well, you know, to be perfectly honest about it. And it's my fault because I didn't put a plan in place. You know what I'm saying? And like they say, if you don't have a plan, you plan to fail. You know what I mean? It was like that kind of thing. And... um so I go down to see Kellyanne, and I had a bump on my face. 
it's on the right side of my face, just to the right of my nose. And I was so fucking self-conscious. When I went to see her, you know, we went to uh, Bob's Big Boy down in L.A. That night when I got in, and I was so self-conscious. I was, I was, I, I, I was so weirded out. I, I was concerned that I was gonna weird her out because I was so self-conscious about the bump on my face, and she was just so fucking cool. She was just like vibing. And just wanted to talk. She didn't give a shit about that. You know, it was my thing more so than it was hers. You know, she was just like trying to get through a relationship and figure out what her next move was going to be in terms of a relationship. And she was just looking for counsel from a male friend. You know what I mean? And here I am trying to keep from just wigging the fuck out because I'm all self-conscious about a bump I got on my face. But that's that lingering trauma from a lot of this shit that I experienced, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that whole dermatology thing is a joke. But And so since I'm on that path, I'll just go that way and say that, uh, you know, that's one of those things that led me to research and to study in nutrition is because I was like, there has to be a solution. There has to be a natural remedy for this issue with my skin, you know, because... The thing about cystic acne is that, as I later came to find out, it's still related to an autoimmune issue. It's still related to an unhealthy gut, an unhealthy microbiome. And when your gut is not healthy, and I guess I want to say you're leaking pathogens through the gut, um, it causes dysbiosis. It causes an upset in your system. You know, I'm not overly technical like some of the friends of mine that I know that are nutritionists and and healers or whatever. I just relate it in a way that I can, you know, based on where I am. Um, But my point is, is that it just, nothing was working. And I was not eating anywhere close to foods that would give me a chance to heal the issues with my skin because I didn't know anything about them. And my mom didn't know anything about them. Nobody in my family seemed to know about them. You know, when it comes to fermented foods like kvass or kefir, you know, uh, sauerkraut, kombucha, kimchi. Uh, As a matter of fact, I just posted something on my Instagram story page today about all of the good foods for pre and probiotics. You know, things that help to break down foods in the gut. And I'm pretty sure I'm a type A, so type A's are not, it's not really recommended to type A's eat meat. It's actually recommended that type A's become vegetarians. And I was anything but a damn vegetarian. You know, I was eating mostly, you know, I know my mom used to make chili and and spaghetti, which golly, I haven't had in the longest time. God, I need some damn spaghetti. I love Italian food. I think I was freaking Italian in a past life. And my mom would make, you know, lasagna that was just amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, And then I didn't really eat much in the way of vegetables. I would eat, like, green beans. That was about the only vegetable I ate. And I would eat, I would mix my green beans and mashed potatoes together, thinking that that was, uh, that they were both vegetables. And they're not, of course, you know, potatoes and starch. Uh, but I used to love to mix them together and eat them, but I didn't eat them all the time. 
you know, and I, I ate a lot of junk food, a lot of sweets, you know. Uh, golly. And I wasn't even eating organic sweets. I was eating all that stuff just bought in the store, prepackaged with all these additives, preservatives, you know, chemical cocktails. I mean, you name it, you know. And um, but I didn't know any better. Shit. Well, actually, I probably did have the inkling that I should eat better. But my mom didn't demand it. You know, my mom let me get away with being a picky eater. And so did my dad. My dad didn't know any better. I mean, he was dealing with all of the stuff he was dealing with his, with his health, mental health issues and stuff like that. But uh, so he could only, you know, be there to a degree. And my mom, you know, hell, she's working a full-time job trying to take care of a household and and two young boys, or in this case, teenage boys. Uh, but still, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot for uh, somebody to, to deal with, you know. And, um, and so she wasn't, you know, always cooking the right types of food. Uh, I remember my mom... You know, growing up, she would make this stuff called a goulash, where it was like, oh, yeah, we used to eat that damn Sloppy Joe all the time. I used to love Sloppy Joe. Put it on some hamburger buns, and, man, I would make a meal off of Sloppy Joe alone. Oh, my God. But I remember, though, at a certain point, the quality of the meat that we used to eat was not that good. And um, I would just, I could taste the difference between the meat that my grandmother would have versus the meat that my mom would have, you know, and then my mom would have like this off brand damn farmer Jack grape jelly. <laughs> and then my grandmother would have Welch's grape jelly, which was like so much better. Oh my God. You could taste the difference. I used to go to my grandmother's house and I didn't notice at the time, but she used to, <clears throat> God bless my grandmother. She used to use margarine all the time. Margarine is plastic. Never fucking use margarine. You're consuming plastic. And I personally think that's what contributed to my grandmother getting multiple sclerosis, which tears down the myelin sheath in the body. And she used to she used to eat margarine all the fucking time. I love my grandmother, man. And then we would, uh, so yeah, I would, when, I, when I would go over there and spend the night, I would fucking uh, sit down by the toaster. This is a true freaking story if there ever was one. And I don't share nothing on here that I don't feel is true. It's usually from my own life experience. That's what the book is about, the book on healthy living. 11 fundamental ways to create a balanced and fulfilling life. Coming to Amazon by the end of January 23, 2023. But I would literally sit by the toaster, get a loaf of bread, and make a meal. A fucking meal. That's probably where my bad habits have come from when it comes to making a meal out of something that should be a side dish, so to speak, to a main course. But I would sit down by the toaster with a loaf of bread, margarine, and Smucker's grape jelly, and occasion. If she had uh, Smucker's strawberry, I would do the strawberry. It took a while for me to get to the strawberry, though, because them little seeds, you know, they're in strawberries, this in the jam, 
it would just kind of bother me. Just, I was like, nah, I'm not going to touch that. And then one day I didn't, she didn't have any more great Smucker's jelly. So I ended up like, yo, let me go ahead and do this because I got to get something on this. I got to get some fruit on this bread on top of this butter, which wasn't butter. I think it was almost always that she used margarine. But anyway, she may have occasionally used butter. I would make a freaking meal out of that, just sitting there by that toaster. But, you know, so that that's just one of those things that occurred to me as I was sharing this. But the point is, I didn't eat well. Um, you know, my mom would make meatloaf a lot growing up. Um, you know, it wasn't really a lot of variety, as I recall. But ultimately, you know, that's what led me on this path to discovering that you can heal. You know, especially, let's say, just using this example, skin issues. So with cystic acne, you'll have a bump and then you'll have like a cluster. That's what makes it worse. A lot of times around the, the bump that is fairly medium to large in size, but the cluster of little pimples around it is what makes it so fucking painful to where literally your that side of your face will hurt from having that bump on your face. And then at different times, it'll be beet red, you know, and even having black skin, red is red. You know, it may show up more, you know, Caucasian people or whatever, or for me being a, an American African, right, from the African diaspora, as uh, this one brother calls it. I love the way he says that. But anyway, it would still be painful as, as hell, you know, to where it'd be like, and then it's like, I'm trying not to pay attention to it, but I can't help but pay attention to it. Because it's so freaking painful. And then you're not supposed to put pressure on it. And then sometimes if I would get really impatient, I would uh, get a needle and burn the tip of it to sterilize it and then poke my skin to try to, if I felt like it was soft enough to where it would help bring it to a head. And sometimes that will work. You know, they want you to do the hot and cold compresses and put that on your skin uh, and that kind of thing. And um, but it was just it was a it was a horrible freaking ordeal. I hate to say it, but that's really how I felt. And then, you know, at times I would get some perspective that it wasn't as bad as, you know, I thought it was because I I never will forget. I used to work with this one guy at this uh, one of my jobs back in, in Georgia and in Atlanta. And um, he had cystic acne all over his face. I mean, he his face looked like a war zone. I was like, damn, I thought I had it bad, you know. So, you know, perspective is everything. But gee whiz, it still fucked with my mentally, my mental health, you know, well into my adult years when I would break, have a breakout. And it was usually always right before a big event, always right before some party that I wanted to go to or some outing that I wanted to attend with my family or friends. And then I would just end up standing in the fucking house. So it's just, it's weird just thinking about that shit. And how even as I got older and the skin issue started to subside for the most part because I was eating better and maybe my gut is a little healthier or whatever. Or was, or was getting healthier. Um... I would just, oh, God, and that just makes me think, too. I remember I was at a family reunion in Evansville, Indiana, with my family. 
And um, wow, this is a podcast I was not expecting to do. But hey, it's all good. It's probably my mom, not my mom. It's probably my dad or my grandmother influencing me from the other side in the positive, loving way that they do. You know what I mean? But it's all good. So, but anyway, so we're in Evansville, Indiana, and I'm going to give a speech, right? I'm a public speaker, right? I wanted to be a DJ uh, or call games, you know, like baseball games or football games. Um, and I was about to deviate there, too, because I had opportunity to go to Oakland University when I was about to graduate high school. Because they had this program where they would take a chance on you, even if your grades weren't that good and mine were not that good when I was in high school. And the guy that was the main facilitator of the program, even though he broke me down and he got me to break down in tears because he challenged me so fucking hard when I went to Oakland University that day with my mom and dad. I remember getting in the car with them, going home, and I just started crying because I was just like fucked up at how he just chin checked me with, you know, calling me out on my shit, you know, about whatever it was. I mean, then he asked me about sports. And how much I knew about sports since I wanted to get into sports and be a sports. And I broke it down about different players and teams and statistics and what they had done. And you know, I was pretty good, you know, in terms of my knowledge, of that kind of stuff at the time. That was all I had. That was my lifeline was sports. <clears throat> and um, so anyway, going back, I, uh, you know, I'm in high school. I forget where I was. But anyway, high school, the skin issues, and I just was a hermit, right? And so, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So basically, almost every time, or to expound upon what I was already saying, about how my skin would break out right before a big event. And we were at that uh, family reunion in Evansville, Indiana, and I was supposed to speak. I don't know if I was scheduled to speak. I think I was scheduled to speak. And I got so fucking nervous. I worked myself up into a fucking nervous frenzy. It was just terrible. Oh, my God. To where I literally had the growth, like, show up overnight on my face. Because I was stressing so fucking hard. And then when I got up to speak in front of my family... And I was like 1989, I think. So I was like about three years out of high school or whatever. And I remember my cousin acknowledging me for the speech that I gave because I had just finished. I just graduated from Spex Howard School of Media Arts. Uh, and that... Well, I think I was still in school at the time. We might have been on break because the reunion, I think, was in 1989. And I didn't graduate from Specs Howard until May of 1990. But anyway, I got I worked myself up into such a frenzy to where I, I had a cyst show up on my face that next day when I was supposed to uh, speak in front of the family. And it just fucked me up. I was self-conscious from that point forward around my own family. Because people still look, and a lot of times people don't want to look, but you can't help but look when there's a big-ass bump on somebody's face, 
at least it has been my experience, correct me if I'm wrong, and it's like, damn, what happened, you know? And then I would be so mentally tripping to where I would not even know how to answer their question in a just straight manner. So then I would just get all significant or emotional or passive aggressive in my communication or some shit, you know, as opposed to just saying, well, I have cystic acne, you know, I have issues with my skin. And I didn't know it at the time, but really when you have issues with the skin and I'm a complete because this is going a little, you know, about the normal time that my podcasts are going, although this is going a little bit longer. And if you stuck with me this long, kudos to you. It's all good. I appreciate it. Um, but the main point is, is that my self-esteem was in the tank. I had no confidence. You know, I go from being in a, in a space of having any woman I wanted to having all of the women damn near avoid me like the plague. You know, and I mean, the finest women in the school were giving me the opportunity to talk to them if I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? It was dudes that had girlfriends that were giving me the, the the little hint like, yo, you can get with me if you want. I'm like, what the hell? I had never experienced that before in my life. I'm like, man, the stars must have been perfectly aligned when I went to fucking Halley Middle School in the eighth grade. And there was some fine women in that school. I mean, for real. Uh And I was going to say shout out to Betty Irvin, who ended up being my girlfriend at the time. And that's what's so bugged out. She was an attractive woman. She was over. She was a little thick, though. She was a little chunky. Right. But again, I didn't know how to really. I wasn't that well versed at talking to women and having my pick of whatever woman I wanted, you know, I could have had any woman I wanted. And and I really did want to talk to some of those other women too. Uh, but uh, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, to be perfectly honest. Uh, um, but the whole thing is, is that that experience, and I was going somewhere with that, but I kind of lost my train of thought. But I, I went from that to the other perspective, the other extreme. And it's just been kind of strange. It's been weird in terms of a lot of my experiences in life. So in a sense, the anomaly does kind of fit to maybe, you know, label this podcast. That I may or may not do that. I don't think I will because this is more about health and that experience of skin issues. So here's the thing, and I'll say this to more or less complete. When you're constipated, the skin is the, well, I think it was, <clears throat> it's the largest organ in the body, on the body. If it's not coming out through the rectum, it's going to start to come out through your skin. And some people have acne on their back. You know, was the one uh, guy, Dan, the man, the life regenerator, he said he used to have acne, back knee, front knee, whatever. I mean, I had a, I had, at one time or another, a pimple on every part of my fucking body. You know, mostly on my face. And most of the time they were cysts. They weren't pimples. You know, pimples are small. Uh, cystic acne, like I was saying, is big. 
of bump that's usually pretty large, surrounded by clusters, which makes it even larger and red and painful as fuck. And, um, and I remember having like an emotional breakdown one time where I ended up not going into work after I moved to Atlanta. And I was like, fuck, you know, something's got to change. I got to get a solution. I got to get an answer, man, because this ain't, this don't work for me, man. Maybe I'm vain and shallow and superficial, but I like to look my best. I think we all do, if we're being perfectly honest. And women are vain. They Most women are not going to look past what they see in terms of what's on your face. So if your face is fucked up, I know women that will just straight up be like, hey, you need to fix that. Figure that out. You know, don't come talking to me looking like you got some damn cooties or some shit. You know what I mean? It's, it's just that real. And um, and so it was one of those things that uh, that's what started me on the path to health and wellness. And one of the biggest takeaways as I started to learn about this health and wellness conversation was the importance of fiber to stay regular so you aren't constipated. Because when you're constipated, you're dumping and you're eating a crap that I was eating for most of my life. You're dumping those toxins back into the bloodstream. It, cause, it causes auto-intoxication or toxema, where the blood is just acidic. And it's more of a breeding ground for disease, or in this case, a breeding ground for acne. Because the blood is just polluted, you know? Because it ain't coming out through the, the through your poop. And then I didn't know anything about doing like clay mass, you know, to keep cleanse the to cleanse the pores. I didn't know anything about shea butter and black soap at the time as a great natural remedy for skin issues to help minimize them. And for, for some people, it'll help get rid of it completely. I think my, my, my situation was a little more extreme. But that black soap and shea butter combination, which I found out about much later on when I was working at this health food store um, out of Stonecrest Mall back in the day. And that was one of the products that he all he he literally wanted me to read up on that, uh, which was shea butter, black soap and Jamaican black castor oil. And I had not heard much about any one of those three things. And those were the main three products that he sold that were the drove sales, you know. And um, but when I learned about that, I was like, golly, if I knew about if I had known about this when I was in high school, I could have saved myself a lot of emotional anguish and anguish and grief. You know, um, it was crazy because, you know, what was was also kind of right there. I grew up around a lot of pretty boys. They could get women just based off of their looks. You know, a friend of mine down the street, my brother, my cousin. They could just get women just based off their looks. Now, when I went to the, when I went to Halley in the middle uh, eighth grade, I was at that point where I could get women just based on my looks. And then when my looks started to fail, so to speak, um, you know, then that went away. But that's you know, it's kind of you know ironic, if you will, how that kind of thing happens in life. But that's largely what led me down the path that, to the health and wellness conversation. So. Uh, just to say this to complete, there are three herbs that you can take because usually the liver is toxic as well. 
when you have issues with skin. So burdock root is good. Supposedly, according to Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, you don't want to do burdock root if you have issues with your gut and you do the GAPS protocol, protocol as gut and psychology syndrome, um, which is basically the issues I had were tied to an autoimmune disease. Autoimmune is when the body starts to attack itself. So that's people that have like lupus, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis. It's even tied to stuff like schizophrenia, uh, anxiety, uh, depression, ADD. You know, all of that shit is gut related. And so, you know, one of the best ways to heal the gut from those type of issues, in this case with the skin, is by doing more broth, you know, bone broth, fish broth, which I've made a couple of times. It's the shortest broth to make. It's only about, takes about four hours to make. It'll smell up the house, but, you know, it, it does the trick, you know. Um, but you want to use a non-oily fish. You want to use like, I think, trout or snapper, red snapper. That's the one I made that one time. I made it a couple of times, actually. Um, and it wasn't actually that bad. Um, uh, but yeah, those, that's the key. You don't want to use the oily fish when you're doing that. So there's that. And then, uh, so red clover, burdock root, and then, uh, dandelion root or dandelion greens. Um, those are great for helping to detoxify the liver and helping to get your skin nice and healthy. And then you can do the clay mask, you know, you know. Australian red clay or Moroccan red clay, or you could do, uh, uh, you know, like I said, the black soap and a shea butter combination because the black soap is great because of its astringent qualities and deep how deep how deeply it cleans and it dries out the skin. So you want to use something like unrefined shea butter to help put some moisture back in your skin. Just drink more water eat more fiber, foods that have more fiber to them. And um, what else was I going to say? You know, if you, need, if you need to, sometimes you might need to do an enema or go to see uh, somebody that does colonics, colonics and do uh, get colonic hydrotherapy treatment, you know, to help flush out the colon. Um, so it just depends. But those are primarily the main things that will help with any type of skin issues. I know I had a woman I used to date. I didn't really call her my girlfriend at the time, but I guess that's what we were. But she had eczema really bad. And she talked about, if I remember correctly, how she started using shea butter and helped to get rid of her eczema. And she was a beautiful, dark-skinned sister. So, yeah, skin issues are, you can remedy skin issues without ever having to go to a dermatologist. Because most, like Bob Proctor said, most of that shit they give you never works. And they just say, and they just say, keep coming back for more. So this uh, was an impromptu <laughs> podcast that went in a direction different from what I was originally intending to share about, but it's all good. And uh, hopefully you guys find some value in this. Uh, if you want to share it with somebody, please do. You know, I'm all about getting the message out about quality of life. And working through our issues and having our best life. And that's really what this podcast is for. You know, the world and how it occurs to me. And uh, yeah, 
you know, I was looking at my skin the other day, and I'm 54 now. Golly, I don't really even think about the number age thing. That's kind of wild to think about that. Um, but I've been doing more collagen, and uh, that right there helps to keep you young looking. So something like the Vital Proteins product or this other product that a friend of mine gave me, you know, I've been doing that and it's been really good, you know, to help me, you know, and usually because of the uh, melanin content and people that are from the African diaspora, uh, you know, we tend to age pretty well most of the time anyway, but it definitely helps regardless of your uh, what am I trying to say? Nationality. Um, do more collagen, you know, do a lot of the things that I mentioned. If you want to, you know, keep your skin looking young and healthy and get some sun, you know, definitely for melanated people, you know, whenever the sun's out, get it, get in there and get that sun, get that, that vitamin D or the hormone vitamin. It's actually a hormone, but anyway, it's all good. So anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening. And if you made it this far, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, this ended up being me sharing about some stuff I had no intention on sharing about. It was just sort of like when I spoke at the, um, family reunion in, uh, Evansville, <laughs> I did not have a planned speech at all. It was just generated off the top of my dome and people really, really appreciated it, you know, cause it was from the heart, you know? And that's really what I strive to communicate on these podcasts. So thank you so much for listening in and I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Peace.